0: You're joining us online. Thank you so much for engaging with us. We're glad you're here with us. Man, August has been incredible, right, guys? Yeah. We've been talking about being ready for a miracle. We're going to continue that today. There's just been something going on in my in my heart, in my in my spirit all week long. I've been preaching to myself a lot. And so I hope you guys are ready for today because God has a word for us. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter seven. And we're going to be reading from verse 24 through verse 30. If you're online, grab your Bible if you don't have it right with you. Mark chapter 7. And if you want to, once you get to Mark in chapter 7, you can mark that. And you can also turn over to Matthew chapter 15. We're actually going to look in in, in both books today because it gives us a really good picture of, of, of the story that, that, that it's sharing with us and helps us understand it better. And so as we're as we're looking here in Mark chapter 7... The premise is, is if we're ready for a miracle, what do we do? You know, last week we shared some principles about miracles and, and how God works. You know, that many times he asks more of us, but he also gives us more than we expected. You know, another principle we talked about last week is God is more personal and more powerful than what we imagined. And so if we're ready for a miracle, if we're, if we're living with those, uh, with those principles in mind, how can we be ready? Well, Mark gives us a great story so that we can see what it looks like to be ready for a miracle. Like when we're putting all these principles into practice, what's that going to look like in our everyday life? And so we're going to begin reading Mark chapter 7, verse 24. It says, Jesus left that place and he went to the vicinity of Tyre. And he entered a house and he did not want anyone to know it. Now we'll stop right there just for a second. Some backstory, real quick. This is the height of Jesus' ministry. This is the height of his fame, of his notoriety. Everybody knows Jesus. No matter where Jesus goes, there's crowds that are following him, or as soon as he gets somewhere, the crowd forms, and they're just waiting to see what Jesus is going to do. You know, What demons are he going to cast out? How is he, he going to heal people? This is after Jesus has fed the 5,000 men, Five thousand women, all the kids there. After he fed the four thousand again later, right? So everybody knows about Jesus, and in fact, Jesus, he's like, guys, I'm tired, I'm wore out. I want to let's get away, right? He, Jesus is uh, they, he tried to get away once, go across the lake, right? Crowds were there. They've come back across. He sent the disciples out. He's like, guys, I'm going to send you out. Y'all go out. You heal. You cast out demons. I'm going to stay here. Well. The crowds grew even more. So Jesus is like, hey, I know what. We're going to leave Galilee. We're going to go, and we're going to kind of take a little vacation. We're going to get away from everything. Now, we know about vacation, living in Italy, right? Come on now, all right? So Jesus is kind of like, we're going to get away from everything, going to go. And so the, here in Tyre, this is actually in Phoenicia. It's part of the Syro-Phoenician uh, uh, area. And, but it doesn't work, right? He he said, listen, go in the house, and let's not let anybody know about this. It can be like a little retreat for us. Yet he could not keep his presence secret, so it didn't work. Jesus, he's trying to get away. He's trying to get out to the seashore, and it doesn't work. People are coming still. In fact, in verse 25, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at Jesus' feet. All right, so Jesus is trying to have his retreat, trying to have his vacation. But as soon as this woman hears about Jesus, she's like, that's the answer. Right? I know Jesus is more personal, more powerful than what I can imagine. I know he's going to ask more of me than what I expect, but he's going to give me more. I've got to get to Jesus. If I can get to Jesus, he can help my daughter. Right. And so as we continue reading, this woman, she was Greek. She was born in, uh, in Syria, Phoenicia. And she begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter, right? And so we actually, if we go to Matthew chapter 15, it's going to help us understand some context better. Matthew chapter 15, it talks about that Jesus, right? It tells us more about the Phoenician. It actually tells us she's a Canaanite woman. So not just that she's Phoenician, she's Canaanite. And she comes there. And it actually leads us to our first principle that we can put into practice. Like if we're ready for a miracle... Right? A person that's ready for a miracle brings their needs to Jesus. A person that's ready for a miracle brings their needs to Jesus. Come on, that's good, now, shake a head something, somebody. A person, that need, a person that's ready for a miracle brings their needs to Jesus. We don't go to our friend, right? we don't go to a boss, we don't go to you know somebody else. We go to the person with the answer. We go to the person that it can actually make a difference. And that's what we see this woman doing here now. Right? She, her daughter is possessed of a demon. It talks about there's an unclean spirit. That's what it tells us in Matthew chapter 15, verse 22. That it's not just a demon possessed or demon oppressed. It's an unclean spirit. And so maybe to kind of put it into context for us. like What, what would this woman be feeling? The other demons that Jesus has cast out right, gives us kind of a, a picture of what this possession of this little girl might have looked like. So a Canaanite woman, vicinity came, and she said, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. So it's not just like, hey, she's, she's demon-possessed. Jesus, can you handle it? Like, she's suffering terribly. And so, like the demoniac that Jesus uh, delivered earlier, you know, where all the demons went in, into the pigs, you know, there was self-harm. He was harming those around him. He, was, he, he refused to wear clothes, other demoniacs, they would throw themselves in the fire, try to kill themselves. And so if we think about this, this little girl, and here's a mom trying to take care of her daughter, who's demon uh, oppressed, right? Maybe the young girl is you know, harming herself, cutting herself. Maybe she's trying to throw herself, and then maybe the demon's trying to throw her in the fire and kill her, so the mom's constantly worried about her daughter. Right, maybe she can't keep clothes on her daughter, so that makes her daughter unclean and people are talking about her daughter, and this mom's upset and worried about it. Because she's suffering terribly. And so what's the response? I gotta go to the person that can actually make a difference. I gotta go to the person with the answer. So she goes to Jesus. And her and the way she approaches Jesus in Matthew chapter 15 tells us a lot. You know, not just that she's Greek or she's from Phoenicia, but how she addresses Jesus. Like, she's not just a Canaanite, a non-believer. She's actually heard about Jesus enough. She knows how to address Jesus. She says, Lord, son of David. That's messianic language. So she's not just saying, "Hey, hey, man, that I've heard works miracles. Hey, guy, that, you know, maybe you're just Uh, superstitious guy, you can help me. No, she addresses him with titles, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. So she approaches Jesus in the proper mindset, in the proper way. Listen, I respect you because I know what you can do. I've heard about how you've worked in others' lives, and I need you to do that in my life. So she goes to the person that can actually make a difference. Because a person ready for a miracle brings their needs to Jesus. Right? And it's very simply, my daughter's demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Can you help her, Jesus? Can you help her? She, she didn't give fluff. She didn't make excuses for Jesus. If you're not too busy, if it's not too much trouble for you, Jesus. Jesus, you do what you do. I need you to heal her, Jesus. She needs to be free from these demons. And then this leads us... into into point number two. A person ready for a miracle is persistent in asking for Jesus' help. So the first point is we go to Jesus with our need. And the second one is we're persistent in asking Jesus uh, for Jesus' help. Now think about this. How many times do we go to God? Uh, We have a need. we We have a deadline. We have something that's going on. God, I need you to do this. We pray one time and we're done, all right? Or we pray about it for a few days, nothing happens, we're done. We just kind of give up. Well, I don't, I don't guess God's going to move. I guess, I guess God's too busy right now. That's not what the Phoenician woman does. If we go back to Mark chapter 7, verse 27 and 28, probably actually start back in verse 26, right, we're going to see her persistence that she's going through, all right? So she goes to Jesus, born in Syria. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out, out from her daughter. Not so, so it's not just like she says, hey, Jesus, can you heal my daughter? Right? She's begging Jesus. Jesus, right? And in, in Matthew, it gives us some clearer picture. It says she's crying out to Jesus. So remember, Jesus and his disciples are on a vacation. They got their, their Airbnb, right? They're trying to hang out. The crowds have formed around them. So it's not like she's just, hey, Jesus, if, if it's okay with you, can you please forgive you know heal my daughter? No, she's crying out. She's got to be above the crowd. It's kind of like blind Bartimaeus, right? Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. This is what she's doing. She's loud. She's unashamed. Jesus, you have the answer, and I need you to heal my daughter. So she's begging Jesus, so much so that Jesus responds to her. Right? He's not, just minute, he's not just saying something to the crowd. He's responding to her. She's so persistent, right? But too many times, we, we, we're not persistent like that with God. We're just like, we offer up a prayer, nothing happens. We just, oh, nothing's going to happen. We have to be persistent enough that we actually get a response from God. Now, notice the response from Jesus. He says, first, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread... And toss it to the dog. It's okay if that sounds harsh and crazy. Because that's pretty harsh. Right? But what Jesus is doing here is Jesus is drawing out faith. Right? He's drawing. He's like, I, I want to see how much faith she has. Now, what he's saying here, he says, first let the children eat. And it's going to come up here in just a moment and the rest of his reply. He's saying, first, I'm, I'm, right now I'm ministering to the Jews. Later on, we're, we're going to minister to the Gentiles, but it's not your time yet. Right? But she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not giving up. I've got to have this. My daughter is suffering terribly, Jesus. I need you to move in her right now. If we go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 23, we see this a little bit better. We, we kind of get some more information. All right? So in her first crying out, Jesus did not answer her word. So his disciples came and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. So not only is this annoying, like Jesus, it's annoying his disciples. She's like, Jesus, for the love of God, man, would you please respond to her? Right? We can't eat. We can't relax. You've got to do something. Just say no and send her away, Jesus. But she's crying out, right? Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. It's going on and on. She's loud and loud until she's getting a response from Jesus. We need to be persistent like that. Right? There's times when it calls fasting and prayer, God, I'm not going to stop until I get an answer from you. God, this is what I need. God, this is what's going on. You've got to do something because if you don't do something, I've got no other place to fall back on. Too many times we go to plan B. Well, I, I know that person can help me out if God doesn't come through. I'll just go to plan B. I'll just skip God altogether. We'll go to plan B. Oh, we'll give like a token prayer. God, I really need this. Thank you, amen. All right, and then we just bypass it and go straight to plan B. Uncle, cousin, job, whatever, who, who can meet the need? Go straight to that first. We have to be persistent in asking Jesus for a miracle because there's many times the process is where our faith is perfected. The process of going to Jesus over and over and over, saying, Jesus, you've lived this. You know what I'm feeling. You're at God's right hand. Intercede for me. Tell him what I'm feeling. Tell him what it's like to live on earth and to feel this way. Jesus, intercede. Tell him to send the Holy Spirit to move on my behalf. We have to be persistent. A person ready for a miracle is persistent in asking for Jesus. Now, this is not on the slides. You you guys can can look later at this. We actually see several times in Scripture where Jesus talks about being persistent. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives us a a parable, a story about persistence, where it talks about a friend has a visitor come to their house late at night, and he doesn't have anything to give them. So he goes to his next-door neighbor, and he's knocking on the door at midnight saying, please, send me some bread. Give me some bread for my visitor. I don't have anything to give them. And the friend says, no, I can't do that. I'm already in bed. Door's locked. Leave me alone. Well, Jesus continues in the parable, and he says, well, the friend won't help you out just because you ask. But the friend will help out and give bread because of the persistence. And so seek, and you will find. Ask, and it will be given to you you got to persist, just like the friend did, looking for the bread for his guests. We have to persist in when we're going to God with our needs. Later on in Luke chapter 18, Jesus gives us another example of being persistent. Right, it's about a woman sit, going to a judge and seeking justice from the judge. And I love it. You guys can go back in Luke chapter 18 and read the whole story later. But the answer from the judge is awesome. He's like, woman, you're annoying me. I'm not going to rule on your on this case because... You know, I'm taking the case. I'm going to do it so you'll leave me alone. And so he gives the woman justice because of her persistence. Because in the process, in the persistence, we have time for God to work in us, to God to work in our heart, to change us from the inside out, to change our way of thinking into his way of thinking, and then he moves on our behalf because of our persistence. You guys with me? A person ready for a miracle is persistent in asking for Jesus' help. Now, this leads us to number three. A person ready for a miracle believes God will make an exception for them. God will make an exception for them. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever been here or heard this or experienced this, but you know, as we're sharing life experiences, as sometimes as we're sharing prayer needs, people's like, oh, that's happened to me before. Don't even pray about that. Right. Doctor, can, doctor can heal that. This government official can do that. You, don't, you don't, don't worry about God. God won't answer that. Now what? Now we have to live with the expectation that God, though he's worked differently in other people's lives, that he'll make an exception for us. Just because he didn't answer the way you wanted it to answer doesn't mean he won't answer me. Just because he didn't work a miracle on your behalf doesn't mean he won't work a miracle on my behalf. Now, I like being the exception, right? I I like living that way. I like getting that job that nobody else thought I could get. I like getting into that university that nobody else thought I could get into, right? I like receiving that miracle that everybody else was too big or too crazy to get. I like being the exception. Would you guys like to be the exception? Now, we see this in the story here in Mark chapter 7. This woman's like, you know what? God, I have enough faith right, that I understand you came to minister to the Jews. But I believe you'll make an exception for me. And so she continues, she's persistent, and she cries out even more. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 24. We'll stay here, Mark. She says, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Now notice that. Lord, I understand you came for the Jews first, that you're ministering to them, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the children's table. God, I believe you'll you'll make an exception, you'll just give me a crumb. Jesus, you just say the word and and, and it'll happen. Think about that. She has enough faith that God, he'll make an exception. Doctors say, you got cancer, there's nothing we can do. I believe God will make an exception. He'll be like, you know what, boom, I'll touch you. Right? Oh, you. Everybody else said that job, you can't get that job. I believe in faith. God will make an exception for you. Right? She had faith. Lord, I love that response. Lord, even the dogs eat the children, the, the crumbs of the children that fall off the table. Let's go to Matthew chapter fifteen, verse twenty-four. Matthew 15, 24, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So Jesus, he, he's saying, listen, it's not, it's not your turn yet. you got to wait your turn. You ever felt like you're waiting for your turn? It's like, oh, Lord, when's it going to be my turn? Right? Remember, she said, Lord, I know it's not my turn, but I know you'll make an exception. Right? I'm going to give you guys a practical example of this, okay? We've probably, probably all been there. All right? Anybody ever gone to the Quest Order? Right. you got to pick your number, right? You, may, you have your appointment time for the Quest Order, but you got to go get a, a number, right? right? Don't you like it when the Quest Order, when one of the policemen comes out and they're like, oh, wh- what are you doing? What do you need here today? Well, I, I'm, I, me? No, I, I'm like number 60 and you're on like number two, like, yeah, yeah, but, but what do you need? How can I help you? I love it when we get those exceptions, right? right? Or, or maybe a better one, you go to the post office, right? You've taken the number at the post office. And, you know, it's just something simple. You've got to send a letter or whatever, right? And somebody new comes and opens a window at, at the post office. And they're like, oh, ma'am, how can I help you? And you're like, yes! They made an exception. I don't have to wait for three hours, right? That's all, I mean, I'm believing God will do the same thing. That God, He'll make an exception for me. And we see it here. She's like, God, I understand you came for the Jews. You came for the children of Israel. But I believe you'll make an exception for me. Amen. That even though you're here for them, you'll give me a crumb. You'll give me a little bit to do this. And we see this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. We see it throughout the New Testament. Paul saying, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. So we see it in Paul. Paul, he was first going to the Jews and then the Gentiles. So you know, it's a process we see in Scripture. And so Jesus, he wasn't being mean right, or spiteful. He was just saying, I'm, I'm come to the house of Israel first. He's like, Lord, I understand that. That's all good and fine. But I need you right now. I love it. Even in her response, she's persistent. Lord, got it. Okay, but God, I need you to move. Give me a crumb. This leads us to number four as we keep talking about this persistence. A person ready for a miracle is humble in their approach to God. They're humble in their approach to God. So before she's crying out, I'm trying to get God's attention. I I need Jesus' full attention. I know he's on vacation. He's in his Airbnb. They're trying to have dinner, have some alone time. i got to get his attention. She's crying out, right? But now her approach is much different. She's actually heard from Jesus now. He's like, you know what? I'm not here for you yet. It's not your turn. You need to wait your turn. I'm here for the children of Israel. Dogs don't, don't eat the crumbs off the table, Right? And her response is, is wonderful. Matthew chapter 25, uh, 15 verse 25. The woman came and knelt before him. So it's gone from a distance thing, crying out to Jesus. Now she comes close to Jesus. Right? And she says, Lord, help me. Now notice she didn't demand anything. Right? She, didn't, she wasn't talking back. Well, how dare you? How dare you call me a dog? How dare you refer to me like that? This is just a little side preaching. You know, if you get offended by God's response, who are you? God can respond how he wants to respond. Notice this woman didn't get offended with Jesus' response. She responded humbly Lord, help me. She didn't get offended. Like Too many times we read the Bible and we get offended for the people that's in there, right? That's going through this. If they didn't get offended, don't be offended. Right? Don't, take, don't get lost in the offense that you miss the principle that Jesus is teaching us. here. He's drawing out her faith. She humbly responds to Jesus. See, too many times we get offended in the process. How dare God make me wait? How dare God not do what I asked him to do in the time I asked him to do it, in the way that I asked him to do it. I'm just mad. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm not going to go to small group. I'm not going to be in ministry anymore. I didn't get that place in university. I didn't get that job. How dare God do all that? My life's not perfect. How dare God not make my life perfect? I'm not going to serve him anymore. I'm going to show God. I'm not going to worship him anymore. No, I'm not going to tell anybody about Jesus anymore. I'll show Jesus. Yeah, you all laugh. That's crazy, right? Yeah, when we say it out loud, we see how ridiculous it is. Don't get offended by God's response. God can respond the way he wants to respond. We, if we're ready for a miracle, if we're people ready for a miracle, we humbly approach God. Now part of this is how she, how in, in the Greek translation, it says she prostrated herself. So in the response is actually she just came and she, she worshipped Jesus. Jesus, Lord, Son of David, right? Even though the response wasn't what she wanted to hear, she didn't give up. She was persistent. Lord, help me. Now this can teach us as well. Sometimes we're so complicated in what we're asking Jesus for. We give this long explanation, what's going on in life, what we need him to do, and hear it help me. Sometimes we just need to go to God. God, help me. I don't, I, God, I'm not going to try and tell you how to do it. Just help me. Help me, God. You ever ask for help? It kind of puts you in your place, right? Like, that's what God's teaching us here. You can't help yourself sometimes. You have to come to me. Nothing's too big for me. Come to me. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. As a dad, I love it when Camille and Tucker come to me for help. Right? It just makes me feel like a superhero, okay? And little things, okay? Like Camille or Tucker, they're, they're playing with their Legos, and they can't get a Lego apart. I'm like, I can do that. Right? Have y'all ever played with Legos? Sometimes they're so super small and you can't get them. All right, come up, Dad, I can't get this Lego part. Can you do this? Yes. All right. Or, or like we're cooking supper and somebody can't open a jar. Who do they ask? Dad, right? I'm like, I mean, I feel like Superman, right? Nobody else could do it. I got this. Think about that. We go to God and we're declaring, God, you can do this. Help me. You see the humble faith there? Help me, Lord. Go back to Mark chapter 7, verse 20, uh, 27 and 28. Mark chapter 7, 27 28. And he said to her, let the children be fed first. For it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Again, that is a harsh statement. But she wasn't put off. Jesus is saying, right? What's she going to do? But she said to him, yes, Lord. Notice she didn't get indignant. How dare you? What are you saying? Yes, Lord. I understand. Children are first. Don't put the dogs ahead of the children. Yes, Lord. Help me. And uh, uh, Right? If we go on there, we can, we can see the rest of her response in verse 29. Yes, Lord. She says, can you guys go to verse 29? There it is. And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter, right? She says, yes, Lord. But even the dogs can eat the crumbs from the children's table. Right? She takes Jesus' own words and she says it back to him, right? Right? Yes, yes, Lord. I understand children of Israel first, then us. I understand, but Jesus, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the children's table. And I love what Jesus says to her, right? And this is point number five. A person ready for a miracle receives answers from God. So she's been persistent, right? She's, been, she's believing for an exemption that Jesus is gonna make an exemption for her. She's humble in her approach. And then she makes this profound statement of faith because she's believing, I'm going to receive from Jesus. I've gone from far off away from Jesus crying out to him. Now I'm up close and I'm personal with Jesus. I'm, I'm going to get an answer. He's going to move on my behalf. Yes, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. Jesus, if I can just get a crumb of your goodness... Jesus, if I can just get a crumb of your power, it'll change everything. Now, I love Jesus' statement here. For this statement, you may go your way. Because of your faith, woman, you can go your way. Not because of who you are or what you can do for me, what your past is like, what your future is going to be. Because your faith, woman, you may go your way. We see this in Matthew 15, 28. Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Now, there's only two times, right, that Jesus actually says this to somebody. Great is your faith. The other is also a Gentile, the Roman centurion. He says, great is your faith, woman. He wasn't talking to a Jew, right? In fact, over and over again, Jesus, he chastises the disciples, Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. How long must I suffer, you people with little faith? And they're supposed to be the church people, people that got it all together. They're with Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're going out, casting out demons and healing people. And Jesus keeps saying, What little faith you guys have. And here's a Gentile. He says, Great is your faith. Like, man, you have mega faith, woman. You've come to me persistently. When the disciples wanted to chase you away, when they wanted me to just send you away, and you persisted, great is your faith. You believed I would make an exemption for you. Man, how great is your faith. You humbly responded when I told you to wait. When I delayed, you were humble. You didn't demand. You didn't say, this is my right. Great is your faith, woman. And you came expecting to receive An answer for your need, for your problems. Great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Think about that. Can you imagine that mom going home? Right. There's not noise and chaos coming from the house. Right. Normally, I'm, I'm sure she wouldn't leave her daughter alone. I'm sure she was afraid. to leave her daughter alone, what she might do to herself, what the demon would do to her, right? Throwing her in the fire, throwing her down a well, hurting her, oppressing her. Can you imagine the mom going home? Because Jesus has said, it's done. Notice Jesus didn't lay hands on her. I don't know how far away it was. He says, it's done. I imagine mama's running, right? He said it, gone, because we don't, we don't read a thank you, a discourse, nothing like that. I imagine she's like, thank you Jesus, bye, and gone. I'm going, I'm going to experience my miracle. I'm going to check it out. I want to let everybody know. Can you imagine her going home and maybe the daughter's laying down on the bed asleep, just calm. Maybe the daughter's playing with neighbors or something. But mom gets to walk up and see daughter healed and whole. No longer oppressed and demonized. What are you waiting for? Have you been persistent with God? Have you been looking for a miracle? Or have you just kind of given up? I prayed one time, I prayed two times, three times, I don't know. I'll just, just give up. Maybe you need to believe today that you're going to be an exception. That God's going to say, you know what? I'm making an exception for them today. Because a person that's ready for a miracle will live this way, just like this Phoenician woman. We'll live persistent. We'll go to Jesus with our needs. We'll we'll believe he'll make an exemption for us. And we'll live ready to receive answers from God. Let's pray today, church. If you're joining us online, let's take a few minutes. Let's Let's let God speak to us on what miracles that, you know, we need him to do in our lives. Cause I'm sure as we're talking today, maybe maybe you've identified with this Phoenician woman. Maybe today is your day to be persistent to go after God. And say, you know what? I'm going to go to God today. I'm going to go later today. I'm going to go back to God tomorrow. I'm going to go to God. Let, you know tomorrow at lunchtime I'm going to God. Tomorrow at dinner time I'm going to God. Maybe days to say, God, I'm going to be persistent until I get a response. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you're a miracle working God, that all month long we're just focused on your miracles. God, and I believe today is a good day for a miracle. Today is a good day for a miracle. So, God, just like you worked in this Phoenician woman's uh, life, God, how you moved in her daughter, I know you can do that for us today. God, just by your word, God, miracles happen. Lord, just like last week, we read about Jairus' daughter. We believe you can do that today. We're ready for a miracle. So Lord, speak to us today. God, I pray that we would be more persistent now than we've ever been before. God, that we would just, we would, we would be calling out to you consistently and persistently, God, waiting for an answer. God, expecting an answer. God, that we would come to you because you can help us. You have the answers. You have the power. You can do everything. Yeah, we believe you can.